0: Today's episode of What Happened When is brought to you by Fight.tv forward slash StarCast, and it's the place to be this Labor Day weekend. If you missed your chance at all in tickets or StarCast tickets, you don't have to make plans to try to get a scalper to sell you tickets for Chicago. Enjoy all the festivities from your own living room. Just go to Fight.tv forward slash StarCast to see more than 20 plus live stage events. We'll have more than 40 hours of content, both live and on demand with unlimited replays fun stuff like the death of wcw panel with eric bischoff going nose to nose with rd reynolds we've also got the roast of bruce pritchard and even oh what happened when with all of the special guests you always imagined lots of other stuff though the all-in weigh-ins We've got a botchamania with Tony Schiavone, and we've got some pretty creative stuff too. How about remembering Andy Kaufman with Bill after Touchman, Tell, and of course, Jerry Lawler. Fun panels on the war games, incredible stuff about the empty arena match and an NWO reunion. Much, much more coming your way for one low price and for a limited time only. You can even claim your part of wrestling history. You can actually get a piece of the all-in ring canvas. It's the most important wrestling show this year. And you can't find this canvas anywhere else, but you can pre-order the StarCast Platinum Weekend Pass right now at fight.tv forward slash StarCast. You'll get over 20 live events, plus the ability to watch it on demand. You can even switch back and forth and even chat live with some of the broadcasters there. But at the same time, you'll get a $20 fight credit, which you can apply to any future purchase. Hey, is all in going to be on fight? They could use it for that, right? and a piece of the all-in ring canvas. Claim your piece of wrestling history right now and get a great deal at fight.tv forward slash StarCast. Of course, the mat's only so big, so supplies are very limited, but you're getting this at a fraction of the retail price. Find out all about it right now at fight.tv forward slash StarCast.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
2: Jim Crockett first
3: arcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Army, the Bunkhouse Stampede, Flaring Horseman, Garvin Boogie, Magnum Dusty, Express Tacti, Turner Bond, Mid South Joy World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett promotions. Tony and Friends they win, look, Shivani's back again. World title split off, Center Stage, Bischoff, Disney Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and the Crow. Russo, Arquette, Chaff, Vinny, simulcast Tony's back with Conrad, Not your classy podcast. Watch a lot, try not to laugh. Lois rules, Cat Bass. This wasn't the initial plan. Tom's a good-looking man. Quan, Black, Bill, make a trip. come over here.
2: What happened, Win? When... W H W Monday. And now.
0: Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When on the MLW Radio Network and here on Patron. What's going on, Tony Schiavone?
2: How are you? Hey, I want to start out, Conrad. First of all, it's good to be talking to you again. It's great to be talking to everybody. I want to start out by saying that, uh, as you probably know, I've, I've been uh, doing a uh, uh, prepping with Tony video on Patreon uh, each and every week prior to doing a show. And unfortunately, uh, Lois Shivani grabbed uh, her iPhone, uh, and, uh, she, uh, videotaped me sleeping through my, uh, my prepping. And, uh,
0: uh, and I think, we, I think the button came out for just no, a minute. It, we, we've had some, it's almost like the, uh, you know, the JFK film back and to the left
2: back <laughs> and to the left. Yeah, it, it didn't come out. Although I can say, you know, I've lost now 31 pounds, maybe a little bit more. And as I've mentioned many times on our live shows, and we're going to be talking about live shows uh, during the course of this uh, podcast. As I mentioned on many live shows, uh, as Dr. Oz once said, for every 30 pounds you lose, you gain an inch of your dick. So uh, I now have an inch, uh, maybe a half inch, because I was at like minus a half. Uh, so I made sure it was covered up. It was not on that video. If you're on Patron, uh, Patreon, of course. If you're on Patreon and you're one of our patrons, you can see that video of Tony prepping and Lois sneaking in with a video camera and making fun of the way I look. I was in a robe, and the robe had a little crack in it. And if that's all you're looking at, if you're looking at my joint for my joint, what's wrong with you? You need a magnifying glass is what Lois just said. Okay. So that be that as it may, how you doing other than that?
0: Well, I'll tell you, we're taping this early Sunday morning and, and I really wasn't looking forward to it. I didn't get to sleep last night. I I tried to go to bed early and then I wound up getting up and it was up and down and up and down. And I was like, I just really don't want to do this this morning. And then I load you up on Skype and you are bright eyed, bushy tailed, wearing a fucking Hawaiian shirt. And the Hawaiian shirt just took me back to when you and Scott Hudson and Mark Madden like a couple of dumbasses. And then I realized, wait a minute, this isn't even the same shirt. This some bitch has went out and found other horrible Hawaiian shirts, and this time not for TV, just because he thinks this
2: looks good. <laughs> well, I have a lot of Hawaiian shirts that, until recently, never fit me and uh lois in the laundry room has this uh has had had them hanging up and they had dust and dog hair on them from uh from not being used uh she cleaned them off brushed them off and uh here we go and they they fit me now and so i I love i love hawaiian shirts i love hawaiian shirts
0: i'm gonna need you to wear hawaiian shirts a lot at starcast can you do that okay all right tony we need to take a time out here to talk about dojo pro you see dojo pro is a brand new professional wrestling television series that's just premiered on amazon prime video and man it's got everybody talking dojo pro is the ultimate professional wrestling opportunity offering up-and-coming talent a shot at a major title in a way you've probably never seen before you see dojo pro is a gauntlet style wrestling competition show in partnership with ring of honor Dojo pro features 13 independent wrestlers ranked by industry professionals based on both experience and potential. And the competitors include stars like Joey Janela, Shane Strickland, Jeff Cobb, and former world champion, James storm. The winner of each match is going to get a dojo pro white belt and then move on to the next match. The loser is of course, eliminated the ultimate prize though. It's the dojo pro black belt and a guaranteed match for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. Dojo Pro has 12 single-match episodes, each under 30 minutes because they respect your time, so it's a format that's easy to follow, quick to digest, and completely bingeable, which is what you probably enjoy about Amazon Prime. Dojo Pro is committed to providing a combat sports experience that the whole family can enjoy together on their schedule, and the entire season is streaming right now on Amazon Prime Video, both in the U.S. and in the U.K. And let me say, it's free for Amazon Prime members. Along with these intense wrestling matches, you'll also get to know each wrestler and see firsthand what this chance means to them. It's high-octane title shot entertainment for busy fans and families alike. And if you love wrestling, don't miss this, a new one-of-a-kind competition. Go to Dojo Pro on Amazon Prime right now. The website is dojopro.co not com, or just search for dojo pro on amazon that's dojo or search for dojo pro on amazon check them out on twitter too at dojo pro tv on instagram at dojo pro and follow them on facebook it's facebook.com forward slash dojo pro wrestling and let me tell you this past weekend everywhere i looked someone was talking about dojo pro see what all the fuss is about one way or another you're going to hear about dojo pro well, let's let's stop uh, filibustering. Let's tell everybody why we're here. We're covering Clash of the Champions 24. And I know what you're thinking. Uh, well, what Clash of the Champions is that? The Shockmaster! That's what we're doing today. It's been a long time coming. People are excited about this one. And uh, I'm excited for us to cover it. And if you're supporting us here on Patron, we really appreciate it. Uh, we've got some bonus episodes coming for you. We're actually going to tape them uh, this week. So late t- towards the end of the week. Stay tuned. We've got not one, but two bonus episodes coming your way before the end of the month as promised. And we went ahead and hooked up with our two low-key big hogs who are going to make our guest appearances. The first is Damian, uh, and Damian suggested that we cover money in the bank, 2011. Uh, now I know you weren't really watching here, but money in the bank, 2011 has one of the hottest crowds ever, uh, the match that everybody probably wants us to talk about is cm punk and john cena they did a famous angle and i'll get you the link so you can see this before we actually do it that where cm punk sort of broke the fourth wall and it was called the pipe bomb promo mm. and his contract was coming to an end but he was still in the main event so he re-signed but not everybody knew he had re-signed and then he won the title match and Vince McMahon comes down you know looking disheveled and stressed and CM Punk like hops the railing and blows him a kiss and leaves with the belt through the crowd and so it feels like he's no longer with the company and he's the champion and the crowd in Chicago was really ready for it so I'm excited to get your response to money in the bank, 2011. And then we've got something old school, man, our man, Tom Cathy made a suggestion. And this is a deep cut. You want to tell everybody what it is?
2: Yeah. It's WrestleMania 11, uh, that uh, Tom says the worst WrestleMania of all time. I didn't watch it Nobody. and I love bad things on TV as you know. So I, I I'm looking forward to this.
0: I don't think anybody watched this one. Uh, this is the only WrestleMania I have not seen start to finish. I was not watching wrestling during the time. I've went back and found all the shows that I missed, except for this one. And I guess now, thanks to fucking Tom, I've got to go watch it. But uh, don't go watch it without us. Hang around later this month. Uh, Tony and I are going to watch that whole show with you, which will be fun. Uh, WrestleMania 11. So if you haven't already, man, join in on the fun over at patreon.com forward slash Monday. You get to see Tony's button on a fur coat. You get to see WrestleMania 11. You got uh, Money in the Bank 2011. What's up with the 11s? Uh, But we're about to cover August of 1993. Clash of the Champions 24. Uh, If you're looking for it on the WWE Network, the date was August 18th, 1993. And Tony, I guess since everybody's caught up and we know why we're here and what we're doing, time for our tag team partner to tell us what's going down. It's time to bring Lois in to give us
2: our countdown.
1: Three, two, one, hit play, hit play.
2: All right, it's Ric Flair. It's the Colossal Kongs. It's Sting and Ric Flair. They'll be going against Harley Race's men, the Colossal Kongs. Yes, total of 10,000 pounds of meat. And you have the Bullshit Horseman. And in also the big main event, Davey Boy Smith against Big Van Vader. For the WCW World title, plus a flair for the gold that you'll never forget. It's time for the Clash of the Champions. And we're Daytona Beach, where it's packed to the Raptors, not a seat to be found. They are completely sold out. We had to turn away people from the beach area. We had to turn away many. Oh my God, take a look, if you would, at me, Conrad Thompson. <laughs>
0: How about the body here? How would you describe his look with the goatee and the Oakley shades and got the croaky on and then like this long, he's completely bald except for this long ponytail in the back.
2: Yes, he's got Jimi Hendrix shirt on and he's very, very tan. And I'm kind of tan too, because Conrad, as you know, I've been in the makeup chair during the day, but however, flying Brian cannot participate in tonight's world title match. That's because he has an ankle injury, and he's telling us now that the, the man to my right is going to end up being one of the biggest superstars. That's right. I don't know what I'm still doing here in this bullshit organization here in 1993, but in the future, I'm going to become Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that's the bottom line because the blondes say so.
0: By the so way, they, uh, I, we didn't talk this week, but I feel like I should catch you up. I talked to Steve Austin this week, like on the telephone.
2: Are you serious? Yeah. Well, how did that all come about?
0: Well, um, I guess we had a bit of a falling out and I didn't know about it.
2: Right. That's, well, he, he blocked you, didn't he? One time or something.
0: Yeah. yeah I think I'm still blocked. Um, well, anyway, uh, did said, bro, uh, what's going on with you and Steve? I said. I can know. I didn't know there was anything. And he said, no, I think there is. So I thought, well, I need to correct that. So I sent him a text. I was like, hey, I don't know what happened or how we got sideways here, but uh, I'd like to talk about it. And he called. We had a great conversation and misunderstanding. All good. So yeah. And speaking of all good, here comes Paul Roma in an airbrushed T-shirt. Fucking A, man. Chat me up about Paul Roma
2: in an airbrush T-shirt. Who thought this was a good idea? Well, who thought it was a good idea to put Paul Roma in the horseman? I mean, for crying out loud. You know, I, I had a feeling when this happened, and it's, yeah, I guess it is a knock on Paul Roma. I, I've always liked Paul. I really have. But it, to me, it it just seemed here now in 1993, years after the horsemen were developed, I guess we're talking eight years after the horsemen were developed, and I guess they began in 1985, that we are just trying to cling and hold on to the Horseman and put anybody we in there in there we can just to keep the Horseman name up. And you know what? As you watch this match, and as you're going to watch the finish here of the match, the fans were still into the Horseman, regardless of whoever was in that spot. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely, they are. So uh, th- in this match, Lord Steven Regal will defend one half of the World Tag will defend along with. I thought that was such a cool move by Lord Steven Regal right there. He looks back at Brian in the crutches and he kind of looks up like, "Oh, jeez, what a wimp." <laughs> he was a he was a straight cold heel. It didn't matter who he was wrestling or who he was partners with. I and a... and I know I've talked about my love for Regal on this on this podcast many times, but he was just tremendous. See, look at him looking at Pillman. <laughs> Just too good, man.
0: I mean, look at all the talent you're going to have in this ring. You know, that really doesn't get talked about, but I mean, Steve Austin going to be the biggest star in the history of the world, Brian Pillman, man, what could have been, by the way, it's hard to look like a badass in jean shorts and Tevis, um, Lord Steven Regal, Arn Anderson. And then there's Paul Roma, who I've always contended sort of gets a bad rap. But those airbrush t-shirts, man, I can't, can you imagine Ric Flair wearing
2: a fucking airbrush t-shirt? Hmm. D- don't we have one on dot We still have one there.
0: Oh yeah. I think we have an airbrush t-shirt there because we've made fun of this before, but you know, the, the, the idea that a horseman, like one of the horsemen looks as a fucking airbrush t-shirt, by the way, if you and Lois were to truck on down to Panama city this weekend, I don't know why. And you decided, you know what? Let's get us an airbrush t-shirt. What do you think Lois would get?
2: Uh, probably a nice airbrush t-shirt with an arrow to the right or the left, saying "I married this dumbass?" question mark Something like that. Well, that's hurtful. Well, that's the that's our lives. You know that that's absolutely our lives. Uh, hey, by the way, speaking of Brian Pillman, uh, I, I I met Brian. Pillman, the second. Oh, at really? A, yeah. at had a recent MLW taping and he came up to me and stuck out his hand. And I said, you don't even have to tell me who you are. And I've never seen you on TV, but damn, you look like your dad. I mean, it was, it was surreal to see him. Uh, and apparently he's been injured too. So he was kind of at ringside with the new heart foundation of Davey Boy Smith Jr. And, uh, And, uh, Teddy Hart,
0: by the way, as a fan, I'm a fan of the new Hart foundation. I love Teddy Hart. I'm pulling for, uh, Brian Pillman jr. I haven't seen him, uh, perform. I'm a big fan of, um, Davey boy's son though. I mean, it feels like there is a lot of opportunity with that for MLW. We've talked about Harry before here on the show, or maybe that was with Bruce. Either way.
2: That's a big kid. Is it not? My God, he shook my hand, and I said, "Listen, don't try to break it." And he, he was like, "Hey, it's good to meet you." I'm like, "Holy shit, man, lighten up, buddy." I mean, whatever happened to the K-Fabe handshake?
0: Yeah, I don't think that's a thing anymore. I think they quit doing that.
2: They have, they absolutely have. And I, have I ever told you a story about the K-Fabe handshake that I did to one of Lois' friends? No. OK, we were in we were living in Connecticut and Lois had some friends. Watch that should have been a damn disqualification right there. What the hell? We were in Connecticut and Lois had some of her army friends in. Uh, and I can't remember what the guy's name was. Was he a major? Bob Young, he was in the service. And uh, they, they came to the house and Lois introduces me to Bob Young. And I stick out my hand and I give him the KFAB handshake. And, of course, that's what I'm just used to doing. And I could see in his face the reaction of me like a dead fish holding out my hand and just barely touching his hand, which was the kayfabe handshake. And Lois saw it, too, and Lois says, that's the bullshit kayfabe handshake they do in wrestling. Would you shake his hand the right way? I said, oh, sorry. So so Lois smartened him up that day.
0: So. Yeah. What do you think about Lois using the word kayfabe in front of
2: non-wrestling people? I know. (laughs) That's Lois Schiavone, buddy. (laughs) Using the word kayfabe in front of a a non-wrestling person.
0: tell her if she wants to contribute to get on a headset or just fucking give us $9 a month and listen on Patron like everybody else. (laughs)
2: Listen, you either get on the microphone or give us $9 and listen on Patron like everybody else, okay? So There. No, you don't get anything for free here, baby. Meanwhile, in the ring, Regal just doing some great, great stuff in the ring against Paul Roma. This is for the World Tag Team Championship. And really, there weren't that many matches here. It's a two-hour show, which is good. But there weren't that many matches. And of course, we are going to have a flair for the gold, which is, I would dare say, goes down as the most famous flair for the gold ever. Uh, not only that, one of the most. this is one of the most famous shows.
0: By the way, Paul Roma gets a bad rap, man. I know I say that all the time, but, I mean, he looks good. His work's more than adequate. I think it was just a backlash because he wasn't like a southern ba- established badass like a lot of the, you know, Four Horsemen guys were. Terrible camera work on this show so far. Lots of mm-hmm. interference were missing. Just people are not in the right spot at the right time. Is this, um, this is in Eric Bischoff's reign here uh, when he's sort of heading up production, is it not?
2: Right. This is, and of course, Craig Leathers is our director. And, and again, uh, it's just a case of, you know, when, when Craig became our director, uh, he uh, did not have an abundance of directing experience. He had a plenty of wrestling experience. He had worked for the WWF, but not an abundance of re- directing experience of wrestling. And, and you're right. A lot of missed shots and a lot of things happen that, that, that we didn't see. And, and that, you know, Conrad, that happened all the time. I mean, that happened not only here, that happened throughout the history of, of uh, WCW. It seemed like we just, and I know that's not the case, but it seemed like we always missed an important shot. I mean, we talked about, and we've seen on here, remember Barry Wyndham dressed up as the, as the uh, fake sting? Yep. Yeah, we missed that, remember? We had to go back and, and see it on the replay because we missed it. And that was, again, it, you can't always fault production, you got to fault booking and the communication that booking had or the lack thereof with production. I've talked about this. My God, ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. Is that the right way to say it, Lois? Ad nauseum? That doesn't matter. Okay. She said yes. Let's talk about where business is,
0: man. Uh, June of 92, you guys were averaging 1,960 fans at your live events. June of
1: 93, 655. Hmm.
0: You're down sixty six percent. And you've got Arn Anderson, Brian Pillman, Steve Regal, Steve Austin. This is your opening match. And mm-hmm. Jesse Ventura's there with your slap dick ass. The gates, way down. In July of ninety two, they're averaging seventeen thousand six hundred and forty bucks. In July of ninety-three, five thousand eight hundred and ninety. Ratings aren't down that much, only about 4.8% from a 2.1 to a 2.0, but fans are not supporting you at your live events. And your big shows, they're still hanging around, to my surprise, which sort of shocked me a little bit. Great American Bash in July of 92 had 8,000 fans, only 4,000 paid for a gate of 44,000. And those numbers are down a little bit for Beach Blast. The number of fans is up, but you guys had a lot of free tickets there—a of hundred comps and a thirty-three thousand dollar gate. So eleven thousand less at the gate, but to my surprise, you sell more pay-per-views. So you go from six hundred ninety thousand as a gross for your Great American Bash in ninety-two to one point one million for your gross for July of ninety-three. So there's a lot of information that we've just ran through there. People aren't coming to the live shows. We're down 66%. We're down 66% on the gates. Ticket sales are down across the board there. But for the big pay-per-views, we're doing better.
2: What do you attribute that to? Well, it's logical. It's television. You do not have to enjoy wrestling anymore by going to the arenas. You can enjoy by watching at home. It's kind of like what's been happening, and a point that I, that I may mention many times here, what's happening now, especially in college basketball. Gates are down for college basketball, with the exception of the big teams, and the teams that win all the time, like North Carolina, like Duke, like Kentucky, Connecticut, just some of the, the big programs, Arizona but gates are down everywhere else. And the reason is, is because there is a college basketball game or two or three every night on TV. And even though they're making some money with TV, the live gate has suffered. Now look at this. And and I'll mention this too. Again, when you see the finish, the fans are into this. They really are. As Dave Meltzer would wrongly say, there's a lot of heat in the building, but the fans are really into this. And, uh, so I still think the fans are into the Horsemen. I still think the fans are into WCW, and they no longer have to spend their hard-earned money by getting their wrestling fix. Just tune on TBS and watch the Clash of the Champions. It, Not only that, if I'm right, the '92 to '93 year was the uh, the Kip Fry era, right?
0: '92 was uh, some Bill Watts, and and
2: '93 here when Bischoff is going to take over is when Watts is out. All right, Watts uh, is out. So yeah. So uh, another transition, and you can't always blame. The fans are just I, – when I watched this, I was just absolutely amazed. This hot tag, and, and uh, the fans are really going to pop, or at least they're trying to get Roma over. Watch this. See how they, they, they're, see how they pop now? I, it just shows me that they
0: were into our stuff, man. God, what a back body drop. Austin just got all into that one, man.
2: Yes, he did, man.
0: Arn Anderson just delivered the world's biggest backdrop ever on Steve Austin. It was all Austin, of course. And uh, mm. as as uh, Arn goes to set up the DDT, in comes William Regal. It's we're getting to a schmoz finish now, man. Here mm-hmm. comes uh, Bill Dundee in his little outfit with the whoa, nearly nails Steve Austin by accident with the crutch. They avoid it. Arn rolls him up one, two, three, and the crowd is fucking wild for Roma and Arn Anderson here.
2: They have won the World Tag Team Championship. And again, fans love it when a title switches, right? Well, they're probably cheering
0: them because of the airbrush t shirts. <laughs> That's right. Well, there's no heels don't wear airbrush t shirts unless you're Chris Jericho.
2: Otherwise, you're a babyface. Absolutely. Rob well, was going to say fans always uh, cheer for a, a title switch. Uh, And that's why title switches, Conrad, put butts in the seats. Call the replay here. (laughs) I just thought I'd add that in there. Oh. (laughs) And here's the roll-up. Arn Anderson hooking the tights. Right in front of the referee,
0: too, by the way. Right in front of the referee. Absolutely. By the way, can I just shit on Nick Patrick for a minute? I know we've talked about him and compared him to Kenny Powers. But in this match, it stood out to me, especially, and I don't know why. He is taller than most of the wrestlers. (laughs) Like that goes against all traditional setups. Does it not? Here you go. Do this promo for us, Tony.
2: Okay. I'd like to say that I may be looking like a a Ken doll here and my hair may be colored black, but I'm still running the company. And I agree to have you two slapdicks go over as champions. The horsemen are champions. Once again, Paul Romo. Well, let me tell you something, Eric Bischoff. I appreciate
0: being given the opportunity to be here. I know that Tony Blanchard wouldn't come in because he thought he was still a big star. We're only selling 600 fucking tickets. And I'm not going to say it's my fault. I'm going to say that it's Bill Watts fault for suggesting we wear airbrushed t-shirts, but I'm happy that I'm here and I'm the world tag team champion. Something I could never get done with power and glory.
2: Eric Bischoff. Let me say that I look forward to going backstage and drinking a couple of Dr. Peppers, eating a couple of Zero Bars. And then later on, I'm going to drink about 24 beers. Normally, people think I drink about 35 beers, but tonight it's going to be 24 because I had to do a lot of work in the ring. That's right. We're the horsemen. I eat more, and I drink more than anyone alive. That's why my head is the size of a pumpkin, and you better believe it. All right, the horsemen. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And business is down, and we'll be back. It sounded something like that, I think. I'm not sure.
0: By the way, I don't know that we've talked about this, but uh, Arn Anderson going to be at StarCast. Is he really? Uh, yep. And there will be uh, the old TBS set there, and uh, you'll be able to put on a Ric Flair robe and hold the big gold belt, and Arn and Tully will have the old ring-used NWA world titles, the, uh, the blue straps they had back with the horsemen, and J.J. J. Dillon will be there, and. You can do your own horseman photo op with Aaron Anderson and the gang.
2: No, Conrad, I looked over the by the way, it's it's Starcast dot com. That's Starcast with two R's. I looked over the list. My God, what a what a list, a rundown of superstars, former superstars and current superstars that you have at Starcast.
0: Yeah, I mean it should be something for everybody. Of course, if you'd like to see the stage shows and uh, Tony and I have something pretty special for what happened when they're playing. They're sold out, but we do have them uh, for pre-order at fight.tv forward slash StarCast. You can see all 20 events live and on demand with unlimited replays. Uh, and you'll own this content forever and ever and watch it whenever you'd like. If you're there in person, though, you've got to figure out, hey, which show do I want to see? But if you're singing on VOD, you can switch back and forth or you know watch it live however you'd like. But we've also got the all-in ring canvas and you get a piece of that too so all the details though if you're into this sort of thing fight.tv forward slash starcast and we've got a great match going on here two cold scorpio dancing to the ring taking on huntsville's own i mean the most famous wrestling personality of all time from the great state of alabama maybe certainly from huntsville bob eaton one half of the midnight express and this is an era where it feels like they don't really know what to do with Bobby, but they know they can get great matches out of Bobby.
2: Yeah, it seemed like every show uh, during this era that you and I uh, go back and and watch together, Bobby comes out in some fashion, either as you know we saw last week Bash of the Beach '95, where he was a member of the Blue Bloods, so they used him with Lord Steven Regal there. We've seen him in singles competition. We've seen him going against, uh, going for tag to our singles championships as well, uh, and. Yeah, it's one of those matches where they say, you know what? We'll start with a horseman. We'll switch a title. We'll get a big pop. And then we'll come in with two guys that can really work. And realistically, you know, Conrad, if you strip away all the silliness that happened, and of course I'm talking about Shockmaster, this was not a bad show.
0: No, it wasn't a bad show at all. And and Meltzer didn't hate it either. Um, He gave the opening match there where Arn and Paul Roma won the tag titles, three stars. And he gives this match we're watching right now two and a half stars. Uh, he really dug the show so far, up until this point.
2: I thought Scorpio did. Look at the I. What I liked about Scorpio was was not was his leg strength. I mean, look the how he propelled off the top rope, and then he got the drop kick from close proximity. You could always tell the the great athletes with leg strength in that they could do the uh, they could do a drop kick. This has to be somebody famous. I don't know why we're staying on the shot for 30 seconds. Do you know who this is?
0: Uh, No, but she was roll tied, especially for 1993.
2: Yeah, I was talking. And they they stayed on the shot for a little while. So anyway, uh, you you can see that if they have a close proximity, if they're close to their opponent and they can still jump up and extend a drop kick, it just shows what type of athletes they are. So, you know, I... I'd love to Cold Scorpio and Buff Bagwell together, but I, I always seem to like Scorpio better as a singles wrestler. Right. Yeah, I, I did. I, I just thought he was a better singles wrestler. And, and then again, throughout history, singles wrestling has been more popular than tag team wrestling. And Vince McMahon would agree with that since he doesn't like tag team wrestling. I, I do want to clarify something. If I could please do uh, it was on Twitter. Uh, it was one of my few times on Twitter. And I, a, as you know, when, when I get on Twitter, I'll look around and I'll see something that I don't like. And I'll say something unkind. Um, there was a tweet and, and you resend it to me. there's a tweet out that, that uh, we're, we're talking to uh, the tweet was talking about table for three on uh, the WWE network where uh, Bruce Pritchard, uh, and two of his blow buddies, Eric Bischoff and. Uh, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa! What is a blow buddy?
2: Well, you know what a blow buddy is. No, I don't. Well, in, in real life, you know what a blow buddy is, but in in the vernacular here, it's just a guy that you're an ass kisser of. Okay. Uh, two of his blow buddies, Eric Bischoff and. Uh, John Brad,
0: Bradshaw Layfield.
2: Yeah, John Layfield, Bradshaw. I uh, had a table for three, and someone tweeted. You know, uh, Conrad, you've got some pull. Why don't you get Tony Schiavone into a table for three? I mean, you've got Pritchard on the WWE Network. You've got Bischoff on the WWE Network, whereas Schiavone, he's the only one in your group that's not on the WWE Network. And I said...
0: Well, here's the here's the irony in that. Conrad, you've got Stroke there. You've got everyone else. I'm not on there. Like, <laughs> what they're talking about. I was. I don't have any Stroke there. I'm the you fucking got, mortgage guy from Alabama. I don't I don't have any stroke there. And I wasn't on the program, but people yeah. were saying, Why is Tony not on this?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Don't 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 downplay yourself. You always do. Don't say you're just a mortgage guy. Don't say you're a mortgage guy. Uh because in the month of September or in August, into September, you're going to become the biggest wrestling promoter that month.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: Sh- well, no, that's not true. Oh, no, no, it is true. It is, is true. Okay. You don't have the budget of a Vince McMahon, but you got a big, big fucking show. Bobby with a two count of interesting finish and, and just, he But anyway, back to the story. I said, maybe it's because they can kiss my fat ass.
0: And by the way, that went super viral. And (laughs) every news website picked it up that you were somehow at odds with WWE and told them to kiss your fat ass.
2: And, and I saw a response from a guy who says, hey, I agree with you. WWE can kiss my fat ass. What I, what I meant was that Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff can kiss my fat ass. <laughs> and it came across, there's the one, two, three, uh, that the WWE could. And I went, uh, eh, what the hell?
0: By the way, that's what I thought you meant too. What,
2: thought, Eric Bischoff I, and?
0: No, I thought you meant that WWE could kiss your ass.
2: No, nah, I meant Bischoff and and Pritchard. Hey, let's take a look at the replay once again, Conrad, because Jesse brought this up. Uh, Too Cold Scorpio uh, really didn't do a good job of working this uh, 360 dive because he lands on Bobby. They're going to show it at another angle. Here's the uh, cross body uh, and Bobby took it, you know, hit one side but watch this. Man, he landed right on him and took the knee and landed right on the side of the head of Bobby. Man, kids that just don't know how to work.
0: Well, I mean, you can't say that Cold doesn't know how to work. I mean, Colds. you you just said earlier, we got to get two guys in here and know how to work. By the way, mm. if you're not excited for what's coming, you must be dead because <laughs> we've got Johnny B. and Max Payne.
2: Yep. This is <laughs> as
0: exciting as it gets, folks. Clash of the Champions, 1993. Who
2: booked this shit? Yeah, you know who booked this shit. Uh, and he, and he, here's uh, something here. Here's something Johnny B bad in in this angle. Uh, look at that guy stick his head in the camera. Son of a bitch. Get him off the, Throw him out of the building. Uh, Johnny B bad in an angle. And here comes Max Payne, who I thought was just super cool. We've, we've had Max on our shows before, but there was an angle here where Johnny B bad had been burned and had been disfigured.
0: Yeah. Cause he took the blast out of the face,
2: Right. So now he's going to come out with a mask on and it's going to be this entrance is going to be one of the goofiest, uh, entrances I've ever seen.
0: By the way, Max Payne right here, looking like a talented Matt Coon.
2: Yeah. You can't use talent and Matt Coon in the same sentence. That's impossible.
0: I mean, look at this. Max Payne is a giant of a man and Nick Patrick's almost eye to eye with him. Yeah. What what happened? I mean, I know that his dad's in the promotion. But God, would you look at this?
2: Would you <laughs> look at this? I, I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know what to call this. I, I, I don't
0: fucking awful. St- I mean, what is this? Oh, Jesus you know Lord. what? I've got to find him. I got to get him to Starcast. I need him to come out and strutting that ass to this uh, man. Where are these good looking women coming from? This is a WCW show in 93. This should not be the case. I got some roll tide fans here
2: today. You're not kidding. We had some roll tide fans at, uh, at Bash to the Beach 95, we 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 every time we have real tight fans, you say, ah, they're plants. Our, you know, we well, were in transition between uh, at that th- we were in transition between women who love wrestling, or as we used to call them, rats, and oh the and the fanboys.
0: I don't think you're allowed to say rats in 2018.
2: I can't. No, I don't think
0: that's allowed anymore.
2: Okay, well, l- let me put it in this context. We just had Northwest exterminating come to our house because we have rats in the basement.
0: Oh, yeah. Now, I wanted to ask you about that, you know, because this is something that I, I think I should get a little bit of the blame for, and I don't, I'm don't. i not proud of this, but now that you're back in wrestling and you're back in the spotlight and you're back on TV and you've got this hit podcast, you know, now for the first time in a long time, you got rats again. Mm-hmm. And hmm. I just needed to know, you know, since Lois is not interested, Saying you know, <laughs> magnifying glass, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the rat business like now <laughs> in in 2018? G- give us a a flavor for the rats in
2: 2018. Yeah, I'll give you a flavor for the rats. They had to put uh, they had to put uh, traps in the attic. Oh, they pulled. found their way into
0: the attic. Did those rats get my
2: fucking belt? Yeah. As a matter of fact, they they had a battle royal for it. Well, and we could hear it. <laughs> battle royal. <laughs> a rat uh, battle royal <laughs> you got me you
0: know what i mean you've called worse you called the battle right for mlw well let's talk about that pco you got to meet pco uh, oh man since he's sort of reinvented himself of course we're talking about pierre carl oulette uh and, right. you, and you should go out of your way to see the quebecer uh has really reinvented himself in a big way with some silly vignettes that i just absolutely love i know some people don't get them I think they're tremendous. What do you think? Meeting him and seeing him work here in 2018.
2: Well, I got to talk to him again. We talked, and it wasn't long, but we talked for a little while. You know, I remember him uh, uh, wrestling in WCW, uh, and um, man, the, the the gimmick is now the uh, French Canadian Frankenstein yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you know what? He he plays the part in the ring, man. He he stalks around with his eyes bugged out like Frankenstein, he's got like, uh, a scar on his chest. Like he's had, he's had his, his, a uh, new heart put in. It's just, it's, uh, I love the gimmick and I've seen the crazy shit he's done in his workout videos. And it's, uh, it's bizarre, man.
0: You gotta see it if you have no idea what we're talking about, you owe it to yourself to go check him out. Uh, he's on Twitter. Just look him up. PCO man. He's, uh, he's probably coming to a town near you too. By the way, the match is over. I can't believe this is real, but there's a confetti parade. Jesse Ventura is trying to interview the masked Mark Mero, And he's got Norma Jean, the guitar of Max Payne. What's he saying here, Tony?
2: I got the guitar. I've got, uh, I got Norma Jean, the guitar. And even though my face may be burned, as you can tell, I'm still very happy. In other words, I don't know how to sell an angle, but that's not my fault because agents and bookers have not told me how to sell it because I'm a bad fucking man. Woo! All right, Johnny, get Get, out of here. Getting the guitar. Yeah.
0: I mean, why should we care?
1: By the way, this this one only gets
0: half a star. Um, Meltzer would write: Paint unmasked bad early, but he had a second mask on. This seemingly ended the feud. It was too short to amount to anything, but not boring at all. Half
2: a star. All right, brace yourselves, sit in your chairs, get ready to go. We are going to join in one of the great moments, one of the most memorable moments, would you say, Conrad, in WCW history? I
0: I think I saw in the opening package there, and I could be wrong, but was Beth Flair featured in one of the little vignettes there as they were showing, like, clips of Flair to open up? Yeah. So this is pretty fun. His Mm -hmm. wife is in the opening package right to introduce flair for the gold and now he Mm -hmm. walks onto the set and he's talking about being live and in daytona beach and he's about to introduce us to his his, newest (laughs) his mistress wendy fifi the maid now of course in real life they're together now and happily ever after and but I, i didn't know that his current wife was in the vignette and then hey ladies and gentlemen Turn it around one time. Show them what's really happening. What's going on, Fifi? It's, <laughs> so,
2: it's so amazing to me. You know, I, I think it, what's amazing to me is is how Wendy has not only become a part of his life, but has been with him in in uh, in that very serious illness that he is that he is now kicked out of. She has been so much a part of his life, and and even though you know he brought her in and he got her a payday and did whatever he did else during that time with Wendy. Uh, She she has re she has kind of returned the favor and now has taken care of pop pop. Wouldn't you say?
0: Oh man, she's been wonderful for pop pop. She is the love of his life. And I mean, has really played caretaker for the last year and uh, they had some tough times. She was there when, when everything happened with Reed and, you know, sort of helped him through that. And as he would say, he had a stint in the joint and, you know, came out, and then I had the big illness last year, and it's just been it's been tough, and she's been there step for step the whole way through, and I'm happy to report that he's home now. Uh, he's out of the hospital. Everything's fine. Uh, he's still got – it was a major surgery, so he's still got several weeks of recovery, but uh, you'll start seeing him crank out some videos for social media, and he's shilling things again over at RickFlairShop.com. So if you haven't already, go get your kids a backpack or a pillow – uh there's no pictures of baby's arm holding apples there, so that's Damn. a good thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, as as we head towards the shockmaster here, I, I want the I want the fans to go back, and I want them to listen uh, to what it, this is the pitfalls of having everybody mic'd. Everybody's got a lav, right? And when the shockmaster busts his ass, all, many of the guys like Davy Boy Smith laughs. But they're on mic. They don't think they're on mic, right? Because they're used to having a mic pointed at them thinking they're on mic. So they're not used to having a alive. So you hear Baylor Smith say something like, oh, he busted his arse. And it just was, it was a hilarity. And you can see Flair backing up, right? Flair's backing up. He's got to wrestle a little bit later on. And Flair is almost like, I'm out of here with this bullshit. See, so he's backing up and he's going to actually, he's going to leave. He's going to leave the building for all this to happen. When I first, when this first happened live, Conrad, it looked to me like they stuck a Roman candle up his ass and blew him out the, the other side of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. There we go.
0: All right. They've been teasing who the mystery guest is going to be. Of course, Sid and the Harlem Heat are, uh, are ready to take on all comers at the pay-per-view and they're saying, you know, who it's going to be, and they're going to shock the world because their mystery partner is none other than the Shockmaster. <laughs>
2: Boom! Put that put that helmet back on, Fred. Oh, right. whoa, whoa, whoa! What the fuck? Whoa! All right, I'm going to rub my hands. Let me tell you, when I got here to the building today, I had nothing to put on. Janie Engel went out to Ross. She went out to TJ Maxx. And she found this shitty-looking robe. We tore it, like, get get that motherfucker out of here. I'm all steroid up. Yes. We pulled off the uh, arms, and we found at a Halloween shop a stormtrooper mask. And then we put glitter on it. And by about 5 o'clock this afternoon, we said, that looks pretty fucking good. And then we said, how are we going to make this even more bizarre? We're going to throw me through a wall. And I didn't realize the board was down there, so I bust my ass. <clears throat> Be that as it may, I certainly hope that war game. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. I absolutely can't do it. And let's hear it for Sid Vicious. Being, let's hear it for Sid Vicious and steroids, okay? He's so geeked up steroid out now, he doesn't give a shit. He didn't laugh. Because he's pissed off of the world, and there it was. Now, during in, in real life, real time here, Jesse Ventura and I are laughing so hard. We are so glad that there is a commercial break here, and we are fucking dying. And as we come back, we start to laugh again. And I don't know how to handle it. I, I mean, Jesus, you know, how do you sell— you're supposed to sell the Shockmaster as this big guy who's going to come in and take take care of Sid Vicious. <laughs> so Jesse sells it, and I didn't know what to say. Jesse says, "How about that Shockmaster entrance?" and we start laughing again. It was the funniest moment that I had ever been a part of, and I had been a part of some funny clusterfuck moments. But again, my vision right now, Steamboat's coming out again, is that Fred. Uh, was shot through that wall. And uh, it was just an amazing scene. A- and that moment right there is why everybody wanted to see this Clash of the Champions. Unforgettable. And, of course, as we went forward, Dusty, trying to, trying to play off of this, made the Shockmaster, Uncle Fred, and made him just a fucking goofball. And you know what? I, I thought that was the best thing they could do with it, because the fucking shock master was dead, right? He's done
0: yeah, I mean, his career never recovered from this and i and I know a lot of people sort of make fun, but you know he was over in the w w f as tugboat and then one half of the national disasters. But Fred's career never recovered, and this became one of the most wrestle crap moments in history and how about Paul Roma coming to the ring here with his world television title, which, by the way, that belt will be at StarCast, the actual belt he's wearing there in the television championship. Mm. But he's wearing the belt around the outside of the robe. Yeah. You did not see that very often. Rick Rude did it. Orndorff did it. Maybe a handful of others. What, what do you think? Are you for wearing the belt on the outside of the robe, or should it be underneath?
2: I, I think it should be underneath. Uh, and and I really think it should be uh it should be displayed underneath. I, I don't like them coming down with the uh, in their around their shoulder. I, I like it, and of course we got Michael Buffer here.
0: What do you what do you make of Michael Buffer coming out for a television title match?
2: Well, I guess it try it elevates the television title, right? No doubt. It just feels um,
0: I don't know, maybe a little out of place. Ricky Ricky Steamboat, of course, a handful of years prior to this, we'll call it four maybe even less he was challenging for the world title with rick flair and now he's uh battling for the tv title and he came to the ring not like the ricky the dragon steamboat that we saw back in the day but instead uh he had the uh the fire breathing gimmick here that he had brought down from vince mcmahon i'm sure when when he was put with that he maybe had to put it over as being oh this is a great idea vince but when he comes to WCW, you guys want him to do it, too. So he wears, like, this goofy cape on his back and then bl- breathes the fire. The, I, I thought this was unnecessary for Ricky Steamboat. Who who in the back thought, hey, this guy's a great wrestler, but he's pretty bland. We need something to sort of spice him
2: up. Yeah, I don't think that was it. I think we were trying to play off of uh, bringing the, the WWF fans that remember Ricky the Dragon Steamboat to breathing fire and all this bullshit. You know, we had in the course of this this show— we talk so much about getting WWF talent, right, uh, back in the day with Hall and Nash and Okerlund and Heenan uh, and obviously many others like Vincent. <laughs> I thought I'd thought they that So, but here we've got Ventura. we got Steamboat back from the WWF. We're going to have the Road Warriors come back, right? Mm-hmm. We have Cactus Jack, uh, who's returned. I don't, I, don't, I don't think Cactus went to the WWF and came back. But he hadn't been with us for a while, and he kind of makes a return here at the end of the show. You
0: know, Cactus had not been there yet. And, and I would argue that, you know, a lot of these guys made their name with you, whether it was Steamboat or it was the Road Warriors, whoever. But you're saying that they even wanted to copy the New York look, the version right. of
2: themselves that
0: they were up there.
2: Yeah. So, as you can tell, uh, a light bank has gone out here. <laughs> I know. This is so WCW. You know, this. Yeah. You know, here's my here's my thought about all this. And we've had so many lights go out. How many lights have we seen go out on the shows that we've been covering?
0: Okay. It, this is at least the second time.
2: Yeah. So here's the deal. If the lights go fucking out, tell that person, you know what? We don't want you to fucking again. Get somebody fucking else. Because I tell you, if the lights go out in the concert, them fucking roadies are going to stick it up the ass to the lighting people. That's just my thought.
0: Well, let's tell you what Meltzer's thought was. When he was recapping this show, he says um, there isn't much to say about Clash of the Champions. The crowd uh, was 8,903 fans in the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, of which about 2,400 were paid. It would be the largest number of people in the building for a WCW show this year, but that's just because fans in the city were more receptive to using the freebies. Because the show was cut to two hours, most of the matches were cut very short. Nothing mm-hmm. dragged because of those time constraints, but nothing had time to build anything special either. Here we go. The show did feature the most unintentionally funny and embarrassing moment in recent wrestling history. During the flair for the gold segment, Davy Boy Smith and Sting were to introduce their mystery partner for the war games on September 19th in Houston. Sting called him the Shackmaster. And he came through the wall, tripped, and his mask fell off. It was Fred, a typhoon, Ottman. He had to put the mask on and stood there while Ole Anderson did the Black Scorpion voice for him. It was one of the biggest bloopers on live television in recent memory and enough to give a marginal thumbs down for the show. Uh, and ultimately, the fans agreed with this assessment because when he put it to the, the readers of The Observer... They thought the best match was Davy Boy Smith and Big Van Vader. They thought the worst match was Johnny B. Bad and Max Payne. And they gave the show 46.5% thumbs down, 31.8% thumbs up, and only 21.7% thumbs in the middle. You watched it this week for the first time in a long time, Tony. What would you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle?
2: I give it two thumbs up. And I'll tell you why. Because I thought we had I thought the matches were short enough to where they didn't drag, like uh, Knucklehead said, and and, uh, and it's uh, we're years later, right? I mean, we're many, many years later. I understand.
0: Can I just tell you, I not, like the lighting right here better. Keep keep going. I'm just saying, I like this version of the lighting better.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. Well, maybe it was intentional, but I don't think so. No, it wasn't.
0: Uh, but it makes it feel like you're at a real show. Like, right? Th- that's what you would see if you were at a house show, and I, I don't hate that. It's just lit like this. It feels like. ECW or Smoky Mountain or Ring of Honor or you know something like that.
2: Yeah, the only difference between us and Smoky Mountain and Ring of Honor was we had a uh and that's not the shit on Ring of Honor. We had a, a big television clearance. We were owned by a TV company. So anyway, going back to thumbs up or thumbs down, you had to love that segment. I mean, for you had to you had to give that segment a thumbs up. Oh yeah, it was funny. I mean, no doubt. It was funny. It was it was unintentional. Hilarious TV. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and again, the backstory, and I, and I kind of went through this when I was trying to do a Shockmaster voice. Yes, Holy did the voice in the back, had a microphone and did the voice. And <laughs> they got to the building that day and they had planned the Shockmaster, but no one had planned. No one. No one had planned on what the Shockmaster would look like. Nothing. There had been no communication, nothing. And we saw a bunch of of dick licks running around during the day going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We promoted this big surprise. What are we going to do? We know it's going to be Fred. What are we going to do? And they sent poor old Janie out to come up with something on her own. And God bless her. One of the greatest ladies ever in the business and that's what she came up with because she was pressured to do it in a hurry. And someone else helped her put glue all over a, sta- uh, a stormtrooper mask and put the glitter on top of it. And it looked like, uh, I don't know what it – it looked like to me a the, the kind of a uh, smock that you would put on to get a haircut. Uh, and that's what they came out with in that instance. And that to me uh, – that – event, that mad, that flare of the gold ended up being one of the most memorable things we've ever done because that day no one bothered no one bothered to get to the arena beforehand with an idea of what they wanted the shock master to look like. Now let me ask you this do you think something like that would have ever happened in Vince McMahon's company?
0: No, and here's why, they just wouldn't have done it if they didn't have a plan they would have waited and done it later, I mean, right This was clearly a ready-shoot-aim
2: approach. Right. He would have never done anything like that. If he was going to debut something like that, they would have had a costume designer. They would have had somebody come up with the look. They would have rehearsed all this going through the wall or whatever. They just didn't do any of that shit. And that is why it became one of the most memorable moments. Not because, and yeah, it may have uh, tainted his career, and it's 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 a shame that it did. But I'm not faulting him with any of this shit. It's poor planning, terrible execution. And to me, it just reeks of WCW. It's a WCW moment. Well, and one of the things be- that people
0: sort of, and you can clear this up. The talk is, you guys did a walkthrough that day of him busting through the sheetrock. And it it went. Flawlessly, but mm-hmm. allegedly, somebody on the crew says, Okay, guys, we need you to rebuild this sheetrock wall. And they do, but when they rebuild it, they put that two by four across the bottom as a, as a support, almost like it was being built legitimately, not for this moment, but like, Hey, this is the way you would normally build a fucking wall here, right? Um, and, of course, nobody tells Fred. So he comes busting through thinking it's just like it was before, and it's not. Right. So he, he you know, fucks himself up. Is that the way you remember it?
2: Yeah, that's the way I remember Now, I just said it, it wasn't rehearsed. It was rehearsed. It really was. But, uh, again, it wasn't rehearsed with that board in the bottom. Well, and, and no one, after they built it, no one bothered to go and look at it again.
0: Allegedly, even when they do the walkthrough, and, again, I, I wasn't there. Right. I've heard that when they did the walkthrough, they didn't have the costume finalized. They're just sort of walking through what it would be. And right. the, the costume was sort of last minute. And it's funny because a lot of people are like, are you sure that's a stormtrooper mask? Yes, we're
2: fucking sure. Oh, what well, yeah, it was. Because <laughs> um, I remember Janie coming to me. She said, how do you think this looks? And I went, I paused. I looked at her. God, I love her. And I said... You know what, Jeannie, for the rush job that you had to do and, and the fact that they didn't even know what they wanted, that's as good as we're going to get right now. I mean, what the hell are we going to do? Just put another mask on? Johnny B. Bad had a mask on. The uh, the Kongs have masks on. Just put a mask on the guy? You, you know, it... <laughs> no,
0: tell the truth. You loved it. And you probably have a picture of you wearing that Shockmaster
2: helmet somewhere. Well, I'm a big Star, I'm a big star Wars guy, as you know.
0: So do you have a picture of you wearing this somewhere?
2: No, I don't. That would be tremendous. But I can, I, but I can tell you that, that... Whoa, there's a one... My God, Ricky Steamboat is the world television champion. I can tell you with glee that we are fixing up a room here for me to... uh no, Star No. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah.
0: It's star. It's going to be fucking Star Wars themed.
2: Star Wars and comic book themed. Okay. Batman, Superman, Captain America, Star Wars, Star Trek, all themed.
0: Just so you know, if I'm ever invited, I'm making a lot of fun of you.
2: <laughs> well, you are always invited to the house, but again, we have to, no. we need some warning so the dog hair will that's, get up. That's not true. I, I'm
0: not invited because you've never actually invited
2: me. Standing in, would you say Conrad Lois? Would you say Conrad would have a standing invitation to our house? Provided he, Provided he gives notice.
0: Well, here's what I want. Not for you to clean up the fucking dog hair, but mm-hmm. for you to make sure those rats aren't getting to my belt. If I find <laughs> out those rats are wearing my belt before I get to,
2: come on. Here's the good news. I think I've told you this. The fact that the rats are in the attic, we have to completely take everything out of the attic.
0: By the way, you know, Lois is clearly within earshot of you, and you're just saying the rats are in the attic like that's okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, in, in, in the meaning of what's going on, the sh- oh boy, Tony, Schiavone, and Jesse, the body Ventura, we just now, we're, right now we are still yuck-yucking about what we have seen and we're trying to promote Fall Brawl, the War Games, and the Shockmaster's going to be a part of it? Whoa! What the fuck is wrong with us? Sunday, September 19th, and only on Pay Per View. <sighs>
0: that match that we just saw, by the way, I feel like I should tell you, got three stars. Uh, of course, as we mentioned, Ricky Steamboat wins the television title, and after the match, Orndorff would attack Steamboat on the ramp, and he gave him a pile driver on the title belt, so they're not done. Uh, coming up next, though, we've got Ric Flair and Sting taking on the Colossal Kongs. I can't believe mm. this is a real sentence. Yeah.
2: And uh, as a matter of fact, I do believe before we have this match, we're going to go to Eric Bischoff, who's going to be standing by with the Colossal Kongs, and and Eric with his dyed hair and his uh, spray-on tan looks pretty damn good. He's a handsome guy. Didn't you think Eric was a good-looking guy? No. Oh, my God. I know a lot of women that just loved him. Take a look. Thank you very much, Tony. And we're here with the Colossal Kongs. And boy, do they reek of body odor. And here's the former world champion, Harley Race, who's going to bring the Colossal Kongs the ring. They've never been taken off their feet. And right. Take it
3: away. These are the worst tag team wrestlers on God's green earth. You see, Jody Hamilton has had two jabronis down at the power plant, and he's trying to teach them how to wrestle. They didn't ask me, the greatest wrestler on God's green earth, to teach them how to wrestle. Instead, Joni Hamilton fed them some of my sandwiches. You see, I run the world's best sandwich shop. In fact, it's the best sandwiches on God's green earth. And you're going to see me get the fuck out of WCW and get to the big screen with the bad Santa. Let's go read those scripts right now, boys.
0: And that's coming up next. The awesome fucking Kongs, dude. What are we? Or the colossal Kongs. I mean, the dude was, was going by Big Hoss McAllister, King Kong, Crusher Kong, Meat, Texas Terminator, Hoss. Chat me up. What the fuck is this?
2: Well, here's what we had done. And in, in theory, not a bad idea. All right. Over 1,000 pounds of Colossal Kongs, right? Never been taken off their feet. And we brought that up. Never been taken off their feet. So that was the storyline going in. And you're going to see, of course, you know, fans love Sting and st- fans love Flair. You're going to see them take them off the feet, and the fans are going to buy it. They're going to respond to it. So I get it. Yeah, these guys are like, holy shit. It, listen. They are absolutely blown up right now walking to the ring. They are. They're completely blown up walking to the ring. You see them puffing and huffing because they just made that walk on the the rampway. And here they come. That's a dynamic look. kind of surprised uh, if I'm recalling here, uh, and I, I have the sound down here, of course, but I think they came in with Sting's music.
0: You know, uh, here's what I just realized. It's David Flair sitting front row with Beth. Was it really? Yeah.
2: Wow. That was
0: David Flair sitting front row with Beth, which makes him doing a promo with Fifi the maid even better.
2: <laughs> just.
0: By the way, that's one of uh, Flair's most beautiful robes. He wore it on the debut Nitro, and then you see him sporting it here. I think he won it uh, when he won the uh, world title for the 10th time when he beat um Barry
2: Wyndham. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what? It was a very it's a beautiful robe. I thought it was a very slimming robe on him. You know, it it had less uh poof to it. Less poof.
0: I've always liked uh Sting's jackets when they weren't the full length duster jackets. The the full sequin shorter jacket is the cooler thing to me. This Duster thing is stupid as shit. Mm-hmm. Man, this this is fucking awful. Gross. The, this is awful. This looks yep. like every independent show ever in 1993, and now you guys have got him on TV, and Harley Race has got to be fucking embarrassed. You know, we're only hmm. ten years removed from him being, you know, headlining Starcade with that guy, and now they're standing across the ring from each other, but. Ones with Sting and the others with the fucking
2: colossal Kongs. But you know, uh, the the flip side of that, Conrad is, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was great. Always making sure Harley had a job.
0: Oh, it was tremendous, and yeah, you know, from that from from the real life standpoint, I think it's right. cool as shit that they kept him in a gig.
2: Yeah, if if I ran a wrestling company like Vince McMahon does or like you do. Uh, I would, Listen uh, to I, w- you. I don't, I don't I run a wrestling company. Okay. Uh, when this is over, everyone listening to us, all the slapdicks listening to us, go to starcast.com and take a look at the lineup.
0: It's a podcasting convention.
2: It you're the fucking promoter. You're a promoter. Get used to it. Okay. Next year, this time you're going to be promoter of the year. Dave Meltzer is going to have you promoter. Promotion of the year is going to be Starcast.
0: No, let me just. Tell you, here's a spoiler for you it's New Japan Pro Wrestling for this year. Okay.
3: They're
2: off their feet. My God, they're off their feet. my God.
0: My Lord. Some big body slams here by Sting. And the crowd is fired up, and Flair is yep. strutting on the apron, getting them going. <laughs>
2: This match lasted, what, three minutes, four minutes? Oh, that's about three minutes too long. Mm -hmm. And here's how ugly these guys were. Jimmy Suzuki is the best-looking guy at ringside, and he's ugly as shit. Wow.
0: This match that you sort of joked about, uh, going four minutes, only goes two minutes and 14 seconds.
2: Mm, That's two fourteen too long.
0: Melzer would say, at least it was high energy all the way, although I can't figure out why Sting couldn't win using his hold in a squash match well because he probably fucking can't put it on
2: exactly you know here's somebody uh, one of his uh a reader should have said you know stick to commentating on on the matches and leave the booking to somebody else he's booking finishes now fuck
0: it is a little bit of a waste that yeah, that
2: Meltzer out a dirt sheet?
0: No, I'm saying that you had two of the biggest, you know, wrestling stars. Sting mm-hmm. and Flair are big stars for you guys. I mean, all over the wrestling business, but specifically for you guys. And, man, they're in and out here. A couple minutes. Like, if it's a real TBS special, you would think you'd like to have them do something a little more than they do. But here we go. Yep. Pay attention, boys and girls. Here comes Sting.
2: Yep. The fans, when when the Colossal Kong, whatever he was, missed, uh, wow. It took a pretty good bump there for a big guy on that lariat. Uh, you're you're course, a
0: wrestling commentator. You know things. What's the difference between a lariat and a clothesline?
2: Uh, there's no difference at all.
0: So Sting with the stinger splash after a couple yeah. of drop kicks and a lariat. Now he's going to the top rope. Is this going to finish him off? What's he going to do? Big splash off the top. We're going to hook the leg. That's it.
2: The fans are going wild. Yeah. Well, maybe he should have put on the uh, Scorpion deadlock. And the fans would have gone wilder. Blair climbed to the top
0: rope and did something. (laughs) How about that? He didn't get thrown off.
2: Yes, sir. (laughs) That's right. He didn't shake his head. No, no. What do you think? uh,
0: what, What do you think Beth was fussing about after the show?
2: Uh, just about everything. Okay. And look at this. Handful of Man. nuts.
0: <laughs> handful, Another handful, handful of, nuts. of
2: nuts. If, of course, you can... I have a feeling their nuts are just so just tucked up in there, it was probably hard to find them.
0: Man, he hmm. took care of him on that splash, did he not? Yep. There you go, one, two, three. Who was the referee here? It looks like Garrick Bischoff's cousin.
2: Uh, I think it was that was Jimmy Jett, who was the referee, one of our referees that time. Jimmy was a good kid. Where he came from, I don't know. Probably his mom yep. and dad, if I had to venture, I guess. Yeah, that's that's very good. Absolutely. I'm just freestyling. He could have been orphaned. All right. <laughs> Sting, Ric Flair. Uh, let me ask you, what do you think of my brown pants, my brown tie, and this uh, linen jacket I got on here. does it look good or does it not look good? That's what I want to ask you, Rick.
0: Tony Shavani. I need everybody to stand up and take note of the nature boy. Not because I cleaned house in two minutes with the stinger. Everybody expected that, but I managed to get my wife front row while I'm out here strutting that ass with my mistress. You see, not a lot of guys can pull this off, Tony Shavani. But the Nature Boy can. There's enough of the Nature Boy to go around, Tony Schiavone. You know what I'm talking about. The baby's arm holding an apple. The cat bath. All the hits, Tony Schiavone. 16 times your world champion. And not all of those were won in the ring.
2: Woo! And I would agree, Nature Boy Rick Flair. Not only that, you just hosted probably the worst segment ever and came out here and wrestled the smile on your face is like the smile on my face. We're still laughing about the biggest clusterfuck ever. In WCW history. In addition, as you know, the four horsemen win the world tag team championship. And if I were like you, Ric Flair, I would go and get the Lord and try to get saved. Well, I'm on my way to go backstage and let Fifi the maid clean me up,
0: Stinger. And then I'll be out on the town with my wife tonight. Like nothing happened because that is what being a horseman is all about. Woo.
2: The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and Sting, an incredible story developing here tonight, and we're coming back.
0: How about people who spell Ric Flair's name R-I-C-K-F-L-A-R-E? Yeah. Fucking delete your account. I know you're not (laughs) even on Twitter, but who does that? How how do you get this wrong? You're such a wrestling fan that you're not only going to the shows, you're making fucking signs, and you spell it R I C K. F L A R E. Take a poop with your pants on, asshole.
2: You know what? They are just following the lead from Clash of the Champions, Raging Cajun, where Flair came out and we spelled it R I C K. Remember that? Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, they're following our lead. All right, Jesse, what do you got to say about all of this? Tony Schiavone.
0: We've had people come out here and bust their ass, and I'm not used to that. Usually the ass bust that's happening in the ring whenever there's a Killer Bees match. You know what I'm saying? But instead, tonight,
3: you took an overact and you murdered it. No more tugboat. No more typhoon. Now it's the goofy-ass shackmaster.
2: Yeah, and the, the evening is going to go down even further because we still have to come. Dustin Rhodes and a mystery partner <laughs> against... Rick Rude, and they're going to put him in there. Can you believe that? With the fucking equalizer, let's go to the ring. Jeez, if the Colossal Kongs weren't enough, we bring in the equalizer.
0: Uh, talk me through the equalizer. Like, this is so fucking indie. By the way, Rick Rude looks like the
2: man here. Yeah, I he is the man. He always looked good. The gimmick of cut the music was wonderful i mean he just emoted arrogance
0: yeah i mean i don't know that rick rude could even do it today because people would say oh he's body shaming me said i was fat
2: right guess what most of you are
0: (laughs) what's like fuck that's kind of the point like rick (laughs) rude's gimmick was body shaming like that is what he does Mm -hmm. you can't be mad like you came to the show not knowing that's his gimmick of course that's what he does all right. Uh, I I want to mention here too, because we're going to get crucified if I don't. Mm. You said, you know, the difference between us and Ring of Honor is we've got this powerful television company behind us. Ring of Honor is owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, a, a billion-dollar company.
2: Right. I was I was wrong to say that, but I was just comparing what TBS was back in the day.
0: Oh no, no doubt. I'm not. Nobody's comparing the two that you guys had you know, didn't have resources or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying technically ring of honors owned by a giant television company too. Now that wasn't always the case, you know, originally they were owned by, have you ever done any business with Rob Feinstein? Did you ever do a shoot interview or anything with him? Yes, I did. How was your, deal? lots of people have uh different takes on Rob and, um, I'd like to hear your two cents on Rob.
2: Uh, I, I'm going to Waynesboro, Virginia in October, my, uh, by weekend, I don't have a football game. I'm going to Waynesboro, Virginia, booked through Rob Feinstein.
0: Hang on, you said bye weekend. You mean that there is an off week for football? The Georgia Bulldogs have a bye. Bye. Right.
2: Yeah. Bye. Okay. Um. What do you? What do you? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, and and I've uh, I've done uh, I've done the shoot interview with Rob. Uh, he booked me the old ECW arena, uh, and he he was the one that booked me at WrestleMania uh, Wrestlecade, I'm a, so Wrestlecon two years ago in Orlando. So, you've, so had, yeah.
0: you've had good dealings with Rob. Yes, I have. Oh, good. Well, I mean, you know, lots of people have an opinion of Rob without ever actually meeting him. Um, I bought some stuff over the years from Rob. He's always been straight up with me and I'm glad to hear that you had the same experience.
2: Good guy. And again, I can only tell you based on my dealings with him. And I think, am I right? You may know this. Is he also kind of like partnering with Tommy Dreamer? Don't they do things together?
0: No, I mean, I think he's, you know, Rob was one of the, like the, I guess, the official videotape guy for ECW back in the day. So okay. he, he worked a lot of shows where he would be, you know, at the videotape stand for uh, ECW. So I'm sure he became really good friends with Tommy Dreamer there. I don't think he has any sort of ownership interest in the house of hardcore, but I just know they're still, from what I understand, pretty good friend.
2: Well, uh, and, and, uh, with that in mind, I I do want to say that, you know, this uh, past week I was on the busted open. Oh, how did that go? That was great. Uh, uh, I, I did the uh, show. I did an hour of the show with Dave LaGreca and Tommy dreamer. And is that uh, your
0: first time meeting Tommy or had you met him before?
2: No, I had, I had, we had like shook hands, said hello, but we, we never had really talked that much. And, uh,
0: He's a great guy.
2: Yes, he is, man. Absolutely is. Got to meet D. Snyder.
0: Now, uh, as an old school fan, you had to think that was fucking cool as hell.
2: Here, here what was cool, and you know, uh, I, I never mind. No one ever minds getting their ego stroked. But when D. Snyder was coming in, and as I was leaving, we all took a picture. It was put on our Twitter account. And D said, We used to watch you guys on the tour bus all the time. How cool is that? That is fucking cool. Isn't that cool? I mean, Jesus Christ.
0: Here's what else is cool. Road Warrior Hawk here is the mystery partner of Dustin Rhodes. And again, just look at the talent in here, man. Dustin Rhodes, I mean, he's been around forever. A Hall of Famer, to be sure. And he's standing across from Rick Rude, one of the all-time greats. And Hawk is the mystery partner. By the way... Is Hawk like the prototype? Like, if you had to, like, sketch out, here's what a pro wrestler looks like, it would be Hawk, would it not? I mean, a tall, jacked-up dude, crazy haircut, face paint, the shoulder pads with the spikes. I mean, if there was no animal, Hawk would have been a top single star, would he not?
2: No question about it. And, you know, they, there was uh, they, we put him against Ric Flair, if you'll recall, back earlier, uh, during that uh, bunkhouse stampede, uh, because they looked at him at being a, maybe moving on to be a single wrestler, Hawk Mike Hickstrand had the best trapezius muscles of anybody in the business. Nobody's traps stood out like Hawk's. They were just absolutely amazing between the shoulder and the neck. See, look at that.
0: <laughs> I just well, thought that was and and he's he's even I mean although he's in phenomenal shape here this hasn't this isn't at his like physical peak. I mean, he was even more jacked a few years prior to this. And you could argue that this is sort of, you know, the end of their run and they start winding down a little bit compared to what they were, you know, five or six, seven, eight years prior to this. But man, they were over like Rover. The fans loved them as a kid. I thought they were like the most badass tag team of all time. Um, it's such an interesting dynamic though. And we've talked about this with other teams before too, but. Unfortunately, it feels like a lot of times with a tag team there's one guy that becomes not all the time, but a lot of times he's like the bigger star. And like how big would Marty Jannetty's career had been if he was never teamed with Shawn Michaels? Because Marty Jannetty is a hell of a wrestler, hell of a performer, but when he's in the ring with Shawn Michaels, he sort of pales in comparison. And that's not I mean that's really unfortunate. And I think that's sort of the case with Animal like animal was a big intimidating dude and had a great look and you know obviously look at this shit with the equalizer you have got to go watch this fucking botch very slowly hawk was getting ready to do a neck breaker and equalizer just decided to fucking fall and sell it long before hawk was ready and it just what a cluster this is what you get though when you get the equalizer on tv i guess
2: uh, yeah, I mean, we had the Equalizer on TV, right? We had the Colossal Kongs on TV. We had guys in prime spots on one of our probably, well, at that time with next to pay-per-views, our major show. And and more people see this than a pay-per-view.
0: You know, that oh, sort of gets glossed no. over. You know, I, th- I feel like a lot of people think the pay-per-view is the big show. And certainly from a payday standpoint for the guys, it is but way more people see a clash of the champions on TBS than actually see a pay-per-view because you're talking about free versus people have to come out of pocket.
2: Right. you know, the, the other side of that is, and I think I've mentioned this many times is uh, God bless Dave Sullivan. He was such a nice man and he was so concerned about, about his work. He really was. I don't know of anybody that came to me more than Dave Sullivan. And I still call him Dave. More times after matches than Dave asking me, "Did that was that okay? Do you think I did okay? Do you think I embarrassed myself? What did you think about that?" I mean, he was he was such a big fan of the business, and he was so appreciative of being in this spot. And I, I think I think a lot of the things that he did was out of nerves, you know. Because
0: I guess we should know, tell everybody: Dave Sullivan is the is the real person behind the Equalizer character,
2: right? He became Evad. He became the brother of Kevin Sullivan because we thought he looked like that gremlin, uh, who, by the way, was in Battle Riot, <laughs> and that was a riot too.
0: Um, what do you make of my assessment that Animal would have been a bigger star had there not been
2: a Hawk? But for that matter, so would Hawk. Oh, yo, yo, there's no question. I mean, listen, couldn't you? would the would let's say one of the guys just have a road warrior gimmick and be the road warrior wouldn't that have been over
0: it would have been so over and really I think <laughs> you know you might could have done something a little different with well probably with either guy but I think you could have done something a little different with Hawk and you could have kept road warrior animal as the road warrior and it would have been over like Rover
2: and there's Dave with the cover hmm
0: this match we're watching, by the way, Meltzer's going to give half a star. Uh, he says they teased Animal as the partner as he came down driving a Z-28, but then Hawk showed up. The reuniting of the Road Warriors got a huge pop, but as soon as the match started, the Equalizer was so bad, it killed everything. Half a star.
2: Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't give it a half a star, but... Uh, what would you give it? A uh, star and a half.
0: Can I just tell you that um, I can't believe this is real. Okay. You guys are teasing hmm. Terry Taylor a, to be introduced as the fourth horseman. What? Yeah, I was in the dirt sheets. Uh, expect Terry Taylor to be introduced as the fourth horseman. Certainly, Taylor has been has had more than enough ability to fill the top spot, but his credibility as a headliner has been destroyed by both promotions for five consecutive years of course thank god it didn't happen but terry taylor and paul roma if they both wound up as horsemen would Ric flair have quit the fucking business
2: yeah he probably killed himself actually uh thank god we uh we came to our senses right
0: who i mean if, if that would have happened, who would people be talking about as the weak link of the horseman? Would it still be Paul Roma or would it be the red rooster?
2: <laughs> It'd be the rooster. I'm sure that was, that was something that, you know, Terry Taylor workforce at that time. I'm sure that was something that Terry Taylor leaked. probably started.
0: Yeah. Terry Taylor leaked that for
2: sure. Yeah. For he, sure. he called Melter and said, Hey, I'm going to be a horseman.
0: I wanted to and- mention too, that, um, you guys are also trying to promote a show. I can't believe this is real at the Alamo dome. This is at a time where you're drawing 600 people, but you're going to run a great American bash, or at least that's the plan on August 29th. And you're, you're bringing in big stars to help promote it locally like, um, Hector Guerrero Mm. and they had Sid vicious across from him. And Sid vicious is instructed to do a lot of racial promos on Hispanic fans to generate heat, which is (laughs) pretty crazy when you think about it.
2: Yes, it is. But welcome to WCW guys. Well, this match is over. Fans pop for the finish, right? They love the road warriors. There's no question.
0: By the way, of all the people in this ring that we just saw, who would have ever guessed that 25 years later, dustin would still be wrestling is not that something i mean when you really think about what i just said out loud this is a very physically demanding job and 25 years later dustin's still wrestling
2: yeah and you know what dustin was a guy that took uh did a a lot of things a lot of bumps right Uh, i mean he he, i still think he he gets enough credit yeah just didn't stand in the corner well jesse we're finally coming to into this bullshit show, and we got WCW Saturday night coming up this weekend because Nitro's not yet been formed, and we got Fall Brawl.
0: That's right, Tony, and let me tell you, I can't wait to get to the bar. I'm going to be looking for Bobby Heenan. I know where to look. I'm going to the bar. I'm hoping I can find somebody who can get out here and do a worse job than I can.
2: All right, let's take a look at how you can win this beautiful Camaro Z28. I thought this was pretty unique that they were able to put Hawks entrance in there that quickly. It's the Z to win sweepstakes. How many of you ridnecks in Alabama would want a Camaro, huh? Let me ask you this
0: real question. Why would they not use Z-Man for this?
2: Yeah. Can we have a moment of silence for my friend, the Z-Man?
0: You know what's funny is I just shit on Bobby Heenan. No moment of silence request from you. But no. I reference Z-Man, and you want a moment of silence.
2: Okay. Can okay. we have a moment of silence for Bobby Heenan, too?
0: Yeah. You know what's <laughs> fun is, you guys are doing name. I think a lot of people forget why you guys did this. Send your name, address, telephone number, and date of birth to this address in order to enter to win this car. Why would you do this? To build a uh, mailing list. Mailing list, of course. But I think a lot of people were like, oh, "You mean you were just trying to capture my information so you could sell me other goods and services?" Yes. Did you think they wanted to give you a
2: car just because? <laughs> okay, but I put it this way. All right, uh, it costs a dollar forty-nine to make the call, and if enough people call, based on how much we're going to get for those calls, I don't know how much we end up getting. That probably paid for the call, the car, wouldn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So. But,
0: you could, but of alas, course, you could also mail shit.
2: Yeah, you didn't have to, uh, and that was the legality of it. You can't, you can't give something away, and then charge people to try to. You had to. Well,
0: it becomes a lottery, and that's illegal.
2: Right. So that's why we had. And here he comes, man. this. <laughs> just...
0: Man, how great was fucking Vader here? I'm really glad that we got Vader on the show again this week. And that belt, by the way, that Harley's bringing to the ring will be at StarCast. You can actually get your picture made with that belt. And uh, of course, Ron Simmons will be there and you can get your picture with him in that belt or Lex Luger, who also held that belt. He'll be there. And uh, there may be a chance. I guess I I can tease this, you know, Harley's health is touch and go, but his people have reached out and said, Hey, could you make room for Harley? And of course the answer is hell. Yeah. So if Harley is uh, physically able to, and I think he would like to be there, and that might be cool for you because you haven't seen Harley in a long time, right?
2: That is a that is just wonderful news. I mean, absolutely wonderful news, Conrad. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, wow, would that be exciting or what to have him there?
0: You know, I mean, it's real wrestling royalty. You know, so it, it sort of made me laugh out loud when when his folks emailed me and said, "Hey, could you make room for Harley?" Fuck, like he can have my room. How about that? You can't make room. You have my room. Yeah. Not just any room, my room. You see what I'm doing
2: there? You know, let me, let me say this, too, as Michael Buffer is doing the introductions. That is why you've become such a good wrestling promoter.
0: What you, first of all, I'm not a wrestling promoter. What are you talking
2: about? Okay. Can I finish here? Yeah. That's why you've become a good wrestling promoter, because you love the business. You respect the business. And you're you got a great obviously you got a, a, a phenomenal business sense, but you love the business, respect the business, and wrestlers migrate to people like that. Plus, you're an honest businessman, and you can always say that about wrestling promoters. South <laughs> McMahon. Yeah, well,
0: listen, I, I at least try to be that. You know, being honest is not always um, the, the hardest thing about this gig. <laughs> you know, just. Right. About, here's a no, here's a here's a novel idea. Fucking tell the truth and, <laughs> How about that. Yeah. Now, what's that? funny is I mean, as I was putting some of these deals together for people to appear, they would actually offer less than what my, you know, what I was sort of giving everybody else. So I'm like, now nah, I need to do this, and it would be in their favor, and they would be like, what? More? Well, yeah. This is what I'm doing for everybody, and I don't want to, I don't want to be unfair. So now, of course, a lot of people are gonna say, oh, that's money marks yet. But here's what I know. Those dudes are going to be sitting around. Hey, what'd you, give? what'd you give? I don't want the rap on me to be right away.
3: Oh, he's fucking everybody.
2: Mm. Well, just to let you know, and because I'm so excited about being a part of StarCast, I asked to take less than Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff. So that's how excited I am about being a part of it. And, and I really think that it, it, it's just going to be a tremendous show. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm so happy to be a part of it. And, and again, it goes back to this. You know, when, when I got out of wrestling in, uh, in 2001 and the WWE didn't want me and maybe there were, there was a chance I, I had a number of people contact me who I didn't know and wanted me to, you know, make an appearance for them or go to the show. I didn't want to get caught up with guys who look I thought this. were, look at this. Wow. A
0: suplex on the ramp. Yeah. So Vader teased that he was going to suplex, uh, Davy Boy Smith under the ramp and everybody was nervous about the bump and unbelievably Davy Boy got him up a huge bump for Vader on the fucking ramp. Man, what a bump. I don't know that I've ever seen that. I think I just turned it off after the shockmaster because that's a bump I would have remembered. That was
2: incredible. Yeah, it was uh it was incredible. Absolutely. I didn't mean to cut you off, but holy cow, what a bump. And then a drop kick as well. I just want to say there were a lot of people. I just didn't trust quote unquote small time promoters.
0: Yeah, I get that. So, Listen, uh, lots of people, I'm sure, are taking a a wait and see attitude and approach to StarCast, too. I, I guess here's a spoiler, though. This is the only one. Like everybody keeps saying, oh, I'll come next year. Th- there's not uh, another one. This is it.
2: Uh, here's the focus of what we're going to do now. They're working on the knee of Davy Boy Smith. And that's going to be part of the finish here. Uh, and, you know, uh, I mean, obviously the British Bulldogs were sensational. But I also like this version of Davy Boy Smith. I think he looked good. Me too. Uh, and uh, he was uh, – I- I'm glad we had him with us. You know, I did – I think I've said this before. I did some – they had Davy Boy Smith and I do some uh, voiceovers on some matches that went to England for WCW. Mm-hmm. And it, it, was, it was not good. They just said, "Davey Boy, just get in there and do some commentary without even any any talking to him about it or even working through." And he did the best he could do. So
0: I do want to tell you know we've got a lot of old school fans who are I guess what we would call lapsed fans. Shout out to the Lapsed Fan Podcast, who will also be at Starcast. But you know we put him over briefly. Go out of your way to see Harry Smith, British Bulldog's son here, Davey Boy Smith. He's six six, jacked up dude, doing his thing internationally. Um, but if you don't have any of those subscription services, just go ahead and throw it in your, in your YouTube, throw it in your Google machine and check him out because he's going to be, um, he's going to be making, oh my gosh, a fan with the assist throwing Vader over the fucking rail. <laughs> oh my gosh. Vader was sort of balancing teeter tottering back and forth
2: and the fans <laughs> tipped him over. Holy shit. <laughs> Also, about Harry, uh, he's a part of MLW now, so you'll be able to see him on MLW oh, shows. That's
0: right. Yeah, BN Sports Friday night. And, Ben, uh, I'm checking it out every week. I was a big Loki fan, I don't know, 15 years ago. And it was pretty cool to see that Loki is now the MLW world champion. And I hear nothing but great things about MJF. Uh, and I think he is uh, your middleweight champion, and that's probably going to make TV sometime soon. You guys have got lots of big stars there, man. I hear that battle riot had everybody in it. Just the list of names was incredible. And I talked to Bruce a couple of weeks before that happened. And, of course, Bruce is helping behind the scenes sort of lay out matches and just produce TV. And he said, hey, man, what do you think of this? And he just ran through the list of names who are in there. And my immediate response is, is this the last show? I was like, what do you mean? And I said, what a fucking budget court must have, man. There are so many stars on this list. It's yeah. a who's who of professional wrestling from, you know, guys that you don't expect to be in the match, like Kevin Sullivan and Conan, but also guys who have a lot of indie buzz right now, like PCO, but then up and comers like Pentagon and Tom Lawler and even former WWF names like fucking Hornswoggle and Blue Meanie and all those guys. So check it out, man. Friday nights. Uh, it's, it's free on BN sports. If you've got Directv, you've probably got it. Don't even realize you have it. And my DVR grabs it for me every week, and, and I, I'm liking what I'm doing, and I'm proud. There's a new promotion out there for fans to get behind.
2: I did a little interview on my um, on, on my phone with Hornswoggle. Okay, well, I mean, it was it, it didn't take long at all, and I screwed up. I screwed up the video, and I wasn't. I'm not able to. I'm not able to really uh, put it out there. But I I cut him off. I said, you know what? I said I would ask you another question, but this has to be a very short interview. <laughs> and he popped me the bird. And that was the end of the interview yeah
0: he um he enjoys messing with me a great deal he oh heard, i know he heard about my broken uh foot because i'm in a, uh, an aircast and mm-hmm. he couldn't help himself and he texted me and he says is diabetes finally taking your foot which
2: i thought was tremendous i know <laughs> it's he tremendous told, he told me that okay he told me about the the text he sent you about diabetes and i was and I'm, I'm, I shook my head. I had no idea what, what he was talking about. I said, what What the hell is this little sawed-off motherfucker talking about? And I wasn't talking about Kevin Sullivan. I was talking about Hornswoggle.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess I should say I don't have diabetes, but yeah. <laughs> the, the idea is, hey, you're so fucking fat. You clearly, <laughs> you didn't break your foot. Diabetes is claiming it. It's taking it, which is just tremendous. And <laughs> it tickled me, and I couldn't help but uh, share it to social media, which made it even funnier to him, because he yeah. he wants you to sell for him. If you're not going to sell it, he's not having fun. He wants you to acknowledge, oh, you got me.
2: Well, just let me say this: when you watch Battle Riot, they gave Hornswoggle plenty of great spots. It was wonderful. It really was. You
0: know, he is one of those guys who's quietly become, you know, a really big deal in wrestling. Like he was on WWE TV for so long, and he had yeah. some of the more memorable moments and whatnot, and. Such a great sense of humor, too. When we were in Chicago a few weeks ago, um, we were scoping out the building for StarCast before we did our show, and he wanted to come hang out because he was in town for some other promotion, and so he's hanging out drinking with uh, me and uh, Bruce and a couple other guys, but one of the guys who's helped me with StarCast, he sort of runs our social media for all the StarCast stuff, and even our show account here, Dave Hancock, he's our social media guy. He is deathly afraid of little people like, like an irrational, like I'm going to start shaking and crying fear. And so well, Hancock is. yes. And so when we just casually mention, oh man, Swaggles in town, no, I didn't even say that at first. I said, oh man, Dylan's in town. Nobody acknowledged it. Right. Cause everybody just thinks I know a guy named Dylan or whatever. And so then later he's like, so Hey, uh, or somebody says, Hey, who's your buddy? who's coming by. And I said, Dylan. And they're like oh okay what does he do thinking he's going to be the photographer for starcast or some shit and i'm like it's fucking swoggle and immediately he's like he's coming here so <laughs> you should not have done that in front of bruce and i because now we know it's a it's a sore spot it's sensitive so we can't help but just pick and tease all day and then when he finally gets there we sort of smart and deal up and we're like by the way he is fucking deathly afraid he's like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna go sit on his lap," and I'm like, "No, he'll start running when he sees you, so you can't get, you can't do that." So we distracted him, and Bruce yeah. is like, "I'll go, I'll go be the diversion." So he goes, Bruce goes out and starts holding court and has all of Hancock's attention, and then yeah. around from the back, here comes Dylan who just jumps in his lap and starts loving on him like, "Will you be my daddy?" It was just. <laughs> and when we film the whole thing i'm going to i'll get it on patreon this week so you can check it out but it is he has the best sense of humor about it ever and hancock did did not think it was funny at
2: all welcome to the club welcome to conrad's world where he's most, one of the most wonderful guys you'll ever meet but he go fuck with you <laughs> <laughs> Well, the best part is, not only did I fuck with him, I was
0: like, Silva, you got to record this. Because, (laughs) you know, Silva films all of our live shows and whatever. And by the way, we do have ticket links for you coming this week on social media. It's official. We're coming to Charlotte, and uh, everything's been signed and good to go, and we're coming to Nashville as well. Uh, So stay tuned for those ticket links. Our live shows, we're going to have at least two this year. And, Tony, I'm working on Atlanta. I really want you and I to do a show in Atlanta, and by hook or damn crook, I'm going to find a way to get me and you in Atlanta.
2: Well, the, the wonderful time would be, I think, for you and me, if it, and there's no way to really plan this out ahead, but if Alabama and Georgia would meet in the SEC championship game uh, the first part of December, that would be the best time to do it, but it would be hard to predict that. So,
0: Well, I mean, we know Alabama's there, so no big deal. Okay. Hey, you know, there is a, a thing going down next weekend. What are do you doing August third and fourth? Are you booked uh for some baseball? You got baseball somewhere?
2: Yeah, I sure am. Why wow. what we got?
0: Both Friday and Saturday, are they home games or are they away games?
2: Uh I think they are away games.
0: I was gonna say there's a uh a big tournament going down in Chattanooga, which isn't too terribly far from you. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be there with our boy Bruce Mitchell. The Scenic mm-hmm. City Invitational and uh pco is going to
2: be there wow no i'm home august 3rd and 4th
0: oh really yes i am well i think you should uh cruise on over and maybe not stay the, both days but you should check one of them out your boy scorpio will be there and we'll tell him that you said he needs to learn how to work uh hmm. nick gage have you met nick gage before i'm not yeah he's
2: a, but you know I, I did talk recently to bruce pritchard and uh wade keller and, um, you mean Bruce I mean,
0: Mitchell and Wade Keller?
2: Mitchell, yeah, Bruce Mitchell Pritchard, whatever. Uh, I did talk to them, and so you think uh, Mitchell will pay me some money to show up at Chattanooga?
0: No, it's not him promoting it. He's there to just
2: watch. Okay. <laughs> I just said, boy, are you a whore. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Okay.
0: Speaking of whores, uh-huh. I don't have a transition there. I can't say anything <laughs> bad about
2: it. damn glad I'm a whore. By the way, um, I guess we
0: should mention here, uh, I normally realize this right when it happens, but and this is not fun to talk about, but who would have ever guessed in a match where the three big participants are Vader, Davy Boy, and Harley Race, Mm -hmm. that the last man standing would be Harley Race?
2: Yeah, I know.
0: I mean, Davy Boy and Vader left us way, way too early. It's just unbelievable to me that I mean, because to me, Harley Race has always looked 50, when, even when he wasn't. And here comes Cactus Jack. He's back. Wow. The fans are ready for it. Him and Vader are back into it. And man, did they have some incredible shit that they did in 1993.
2: Yep. Yeah. It's going to all, uh, you know, go to uh, spin the wheel, make the deal later in the year and Halloween Havoc between those two. And that is how we end the show with Cactus Jack returning and uh, promoting fall brawl. So it was really exciting moment. And a pretty cool way to end the show as well. But you know, when you talk about Harley Race, I've always thought Harley Race is just too damn tough to die. He is.
0: He had some sort of incredible boat accident and a car accident, and he walked away from both, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, he's just too
2: tough, man. Just absolutely too tough. So there you go, Clash of the Champions. I know we uh, we didn't really uh, pay enough credence to, uh, to Vader and Davey Boy Smith's match, but it was a damn good one.
0: Yeah, they got three and a half stars. Uh, In the Observer, of course, Vader is going to retain after a lot of um, interference. Meltzer put it over strong. He was a huge Vader fan. Vader did it again, taking big bumps and doing big moves and making it a very good match, although not of the caliber of the prior pay-per-view match. They started brawling on the runway. Smith suplexed Vader on the ramp and gave him a dropkick and a clothesline. Vader got his knees up and Smith tried to splash him from the apron, and Vader kept the advantage until missing a charge and taking the guardrail. Uh, Lots of hot moves here. Of course, in the end, though, a little bit of help from Harley Race and Vader retains. But the big story, as you said, is the returning Cactus Jack. You know, we haven't talked a ton about Cactus Jack on this show recently, but of all the characters, and I, I really enjoy and appreciate Mick Foley and his contributions to the business, but of all the different characters he did, to me, Cactus Jack is hands down my favorite above all else.
2: You know, I would agree, and, and uh, God, I loved Mick, still do. Uh, my name is tied to him throughout pro wrestling history, probably in the wrong way, uh, but, uh, well, not probably in the wrong way because of how much I've always really respected and cared for him, but uh, God, one of the great performers of all time. You're right, Cactus Jack, was his, it was better than Mankind, it was better than Dude Love, it was better than Mick Foley. Well, we want
0: to know what you think is better than. We're going to have a new poll up on Patreon this week. Go vote right now. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. I'm going to try to get that video of us sneak attacking our social media guy, Dave Hancock, up with a little help from uh, Mr. Dylan, who you know as Swoggle. And uh, we're also going to have links for you later this week where we're going to have bonus content for WrestleMania 11. And then before the end of the month, and this is going to be fun. I mean, this is probably the one you're looking forward to the most. Am I right?
2: Yeah it it's uh, Money in the Bank 2011. It, it Damian Purvis uh, said in his email to us, I think it may be beneficial for Tony to watch his show so he can see what kind of pop he may get in October in Waynesboro, Virginia, as long as Lowes is with him. LOL. Uh, I, I, Damien, I don't know what that means, but that, that has piqued my interest. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I don't think we have to watch the whole show, but I do think you need to watch the CM Punk and John Cena match, and then we'll, we'll watch that one and get your take
2: yeah. on it. Have you seen a CM Punk match before that you know of? I've never seen a CM Punk match. I've seen CM Punk promos, well, but not a match.
0: So there you go. We got something to look forward to. And, um, Lots more coming your way. So go vote in the poll. Check out that bonus content for the two bonus shows, WrestleMania 11, Money in the Bank 2011. Uh, and, of course, check out our live events. We're coming to see you in Nashville. We'll have a link up for Zanies uh, later this week. We'll also have one for Charlotte. So two of the old stomping grounds for Tony Schiavone and WCW, and we're bringing the show your way. Check it out right now. You can follow us on Twitter at Monday, and you can support us on Patreon. For just $9, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash Monday, or as my dad likes to say, Patron. But what you like to say right now, well, it's about that time.
2: It is about that time, Conrad, and it's time for our tag team main event matchup, the Colossal Kongs, to go up against Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard, the Colossal Dongs. Referee for the match, Dave Hancock. And as the match gets started, oh, my God, here comes Hornswoggle running in. Dylan is running in, and the referee has shit his pants. My God, we're out of time. I'm sure the Colossal Dongs will win it, but we're out of time. And we'll see you next week. You're listening to What Happened When on the MLW Radio Network
1: and Patron. Yeah, uh, hi. This is uh, Sneaky Pete here to remind you that promotional consideration is, uh, you know, Paid for by the following. If you want more of Conrad Thompson and uh, Tony Schiavone, you uh, better head over to Patreon.com forward slash WHWMonday, complete with behind-the-scenes videos and new content every week. That's Patreon.com forward slash WHWMonday. And by uh, LoisRules.com. Yeah, that's it. Uh, LoisRules.com. One of the hottest sites on ProWrestlingTees.com. The place to get all your favorite T-shirts from what happened when. Legally. You know. None of that uh, money under the table sort of thing. Yeah, clean, different, respectable. Remember, lowestrules.com, named after uh, some crazy lady. Not my mother, not your mother, but, you know, somebody else's mother. Boxagimmicks.com, complete with uh, coffee mugs, baby onesies, Blu-ray players, LCDs, TVs, you know, stuff you don't know nothing about. Uh, They also got beach towels, koozies, and a whole lot more of the stuff. Yeah, stuff. To shamelessly show your support of what happened when, something to wrestle with in 83 weeks, head over to BoxerGimmicks.com. BoxerGimmicks.com. Also, Slaptic theater with uh, Kellenaz Adumas. I think he owes me money. Kellenaz Adumas, yeah. the nailing is a bell, yeah. I think he owes me money. Well, wow. is that a fact? Well, Kellenaz I'll be seeing you on Patreon.